Welcome to Rema Faith Radio. James 5.15 says, The prayer of faith shall save the sick. It says, The Lord shall raise him up. You see, it's not the elders that save the sick. It's not the elders. It's not the oil that saves the sick. It's the prayer of faith that saves the sick or heals the sick. See, the prayer of faith will work with or without the elders. The prayer of faith will work with or without the oil. And you can pray that prayer of faith just as much as anybody else can. Welcome to Rema Faith Radio. Right now, here's Reverend Talks with today's message. Good day once again. We are uh, having another time to share the Word of God together, learn the Word of God together. And we began a new series, Seven Most Important Things About Divine Healing. And we've been on that series for a while. We said in the very first episode of this series, first of those seven things, that healing is always God's will for the sick because it is in his redemptive plan. Healing is always God's will for the sick because it is in his redemptive plan. That's clearly seen in Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5. And the second in the series, we said that second point we made in the series, uh, we said healing is always God's will for the sick because sickness and disease come from the devil. Healing is always God's will for the sick because sickness and disease come from the devil. And we see that clearly in Acts 10.38. Acts 10.38. Sickness and disease come from the devil. And the very third point that we made in this series, we said God not only provided healing under the old covenant, but he has also provided healing under the new covenant. God not only provided healing under the old covenant, but he has also provided healing under the new covenant. And we saw that clearly from Isaiah, um, Exodus 15, 26, Exodus 23, 25 and 26, uh, Deuteronomy 7, 13 to 15, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6, Galatians 3, 13, Deuteronomy 28.61 and um, a number of other scriptures that God not only provided healing under the old covenant but he has also provided healing under the new covenant. Then the fourth uh, point, fourth of the seven most important things about divine healing that we're looking at, we said that God has provided various methods whereby healing can be obtained. God has provided various methods whereby healing can be obtained. We started looking at this at the last episode. So I'll just do a brief recap of some of the things we covered under this point about God having provided uh, various methods whereby healing can be obtained. First method we looked at, we said knowing and acting on the word of God. Knowing and acting on the word of God. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Matthew 8, 17. And 1 Peter 2.24. We need to take the time to meditate in those scriptures. Think about them. Mortar them. Say them over and over to ourselves. Surely he hath borne my griefs. Literal Hebrew sicknesses or diseases. And carried my sorrows. Literal Hebrew pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken. Smitten of God. And afflicted. But he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes, I am healed. 
himself took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Just repeating that to ourselves over and over, thinking upon it, meditating on it, seeing our healing consummated in Christ. Just knowing that, knowing it in our spirits and acting upon that, acting upon God's word. Amen. That's the best method whereby healing can be obtained. See, many times some people try to act on the word, but that word is more in their head than it's in their hearts. So they try to act on it and then they fall flat on their faces. No, I'm not talking about mentally agreeing with the word of God. I'm not talking about trying to act on mental assent. I'm not talking about acting in presumption. No, I'm talking about real faith, acting upon God's word, knowing and acting on the word of God. The best method whereby healing can be obtained. That's it. Then the second method we talked about, we said demanding your healing in the name of Jesus. Demanding your healing in the name of Jesus. In John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, Jesus said, if ye shall ask anything in my name, demand it as your right or privilege in my name, I will do it. Amen. Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So we can demand our healing in the name of Jesus. You see, the name is the key. The power is in the name. The authority is in the name. And we can stand against the devil in that name. If he tries to put symptoms of sickness, if he tries to put disease on our bodies, we simply tell him, devil, no, you don't. You don't have a right to do that. I stand against you in the name of Jesus. I resist you in the word of God. And what's going to happen? He will run away from us as in terror. Praise God. So we can demand our healing in the name of Jesus. That was the second method we looked at. And then the third method we said in John Chapter 16, verses 23 and 24. John 16, 23 and 24. Where Jesus said, And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. You won't pray to me. I'm not going to be here physically anymore. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. He thought to up till now, Have ye asked nothing in my name? Ask, and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. See, we can ask in his name and we'll receive. We can ask in his name. Amen. God is our father and prayer based on legal grounds is addressed to the father in the name of Jesus. We have a right to the father's heart. We have a right to audience with the father. We can ask in the name of Jesus, whatever it is we need or want, which will include healing. And Jesus said, the Father will give it to us. Praise God. So that was the third method we talked about. Praying to the Father for healing in the name of Jesus. That was method number three. The fourth method, which was where we left off, we talked about the prayer of agreement. The prayer of agreement. Matthew 18, 19 and 20, where Jesus said, Again, I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, they am I in the midst of them. So you see, this is another method for appropriating healing. Just find somebody to agree with you that you are healed. 
another believer, a person of faith who believes in God's word. And two of us are agreeing. Notice Jesus didn't say it might be done. Jesus didn't say it could be done. Jesus didn't say uh, there's a probability it will be done. He said it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. So we can agree in prayer for healing. One of us can be mighty in prayer as a person. But two of us coming together, we become mightier. See, the word of God says, how should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight? There is power in the prayer of agreement. And you can agree, he said, as touching anything whatsoever, as touching anything that they shall ask. Anything will surely include healing. Healing is something. So this is another method for appropriating healing. I remember one time a fellow came to meet me that I should agree with him concerning an issue. I said, all right, let's pray about it. I said, look, if you are praying and I'm praying and we're both praying at the same time, neither of us will know what the other one prayed. So let's do it like this. Just listen to me. Let me do the praying and you agree with me. Then I told him, let's hold hands together to symbolize we're in agreement. Then we held each other's hands. And then I prayed. And after I finished praying, I asked the person, so is it done? And the individual responded and said, I hope so. I had to tell them right away, then it's not done. It's not done. I'm believing you are hoping there's no agreement. If two of us shall agree on earth as touching anything we shall ask, Jesus said, it shall be done. So you don't have to hope it is done. If we will act on the word of God, we can be sure that he will bring his word to pass. The Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away. Matthew 24, 35. But Jesus said, my words shall not pass away. In Isaiah 55, 11, God said, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. So that's another method. Amen. The prayer of agreement. Find someone to agree with you. Amen. That you're healed. Praise God. And once you agree in faith, based on God's word, it is done. Just keep thanking God because it is done. Because why can you do that? It is done. Praise God. Glory to God. Amen. So that's the fourth method. First, we said knowing and acting on the word of God. Second, we said demanding your healing in the name of Jesus. Third, we said praying to the Father for healing in the name of Jesus. Fourth, we said the prayer of agreement. The prayer of agreement. Fifth method, we want to talk about another method, number five, anointing the sick with oil. Anointing the sick with oil. In James, James chapter five, James chapter five, verses 14 and 15. James chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. The Bible says, Is any sick among you? Now, that James will write a letter to believers and ask if there's any sick among us. That in itself is instructive. He's saying, I don't expect there should be any sick among you. But just in case there is, this is what he can do. Now, the Greek word used for sick here speaks of one who is so sick that he cannot help himself. He needs help. So it's saying, is any sick among you? Fifth method is the one we're looking at. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil 
in the name of the Lord. Verse 15 says, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Now, this is another Bible method of ministering to the sick, of receiving healing, if you're the one who's sick. And what's that method? Anointing the sick with oil. Now, the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Do we have other witnesses on this method? We do. At least we have another one in the New Testament that gives us two witnesses. And because we have two witnesses, we can establish it. In Mark chapter 6, Mark chapter 6, verses 12 and 13, it says, And they went out and preached that men should repent. This is talking about the 12 disciples. They went out and preached that men should repent. Verse 13, And they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. They anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. Now, one thing I want to say right away is this. Let's notice that in both places, where anointing the sick with oil to minister healing to them was mentioned, that the oil wasn't what healed them. It's not the oil. James 5.15 says, The prayer of faith shall save the sick. It says, The Lord shall raise him up. You see, it's not the elders that save the sick. It's not the elders. It's not the oil that saves the sick. It's the prayer of faith that saves the sick or heals the sick. See, the prayer of faith will work with or without the elders. The prayer of faith will work with or without the oil. And you can pray that prayer of faith just as much as anybody else can. Any believer can pray the prayer of faith. Praise God. Don't let's forget that. What was the oil to do? The oil was just a symbol. Just a symbol. A type of the fact that the Holy Spirit was going to come upon the person and bring about the healing in their body. So it's not oil that heals the sick, it's the Holy Ghost that does. See, under the old covenant, the anointing oil, the oil they used, it was sacred. It had to be prepared in a particular way, with a particular, uh, 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 with key ingredients in a certain uh, ratio to each other and compounded exactly the way God told them to compound it. Now, in the Old Testament, that oil itself was anointed. The Bible calls it holy anointing oil. The oil itself was anointed. If somebody who wasn't a Jew or who shouldn't have access to it were to get a hold of that oil, uh, or let that oil touch them, the person was going to die. The person was going to die because the oil was sacred. The oil was holy. Now, in the new covenant, that's not the case. It's not the oil that's holy. It's not the oil that's sacred. Amen. It's the power of the Holy Ghost that brings about the healing in our bodies. So oil is just a type. It's just a symbol. Amen indicative of the fact that the Holy Spirit was going to come upon the person to bring about the healing. Oil was a symbol of the Holy Spirit. It is a symbol of the Holy Spirit as you see in the scriptures, just like fire, just like wind, just like a dove, just like dew, just like water. If that oil is the Holy Spirit, then that cup, uh, 
cup of oil uh, or water is also the Holy Spirit. No, it's not. It's just a symbol. Now, should our faith be in the oil? No. Our faith is to be in the power of God. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 4 and 5. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith shall not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So our faith is not to be in the symbol. Our faith is to be in the power of God. Is it scriptural to anoint the sick with all? Certainly. The Bible teaches it, so we can do it. Now, is it the only method of ministering healing to the sick? It's not, but it's one method. But let's not forget that it's not the oil that saves the sick. It's not the elders that save the sick. It's the prayer of faith that does. Now, who can pray that prayer of faith? Any believer can. Amen. Any believer can. Now, while I'm on this, let me ask a question. Who determines whether a prayer of faith is prayed? Is it the elders that pray for the sick, anointing the sick with oil? Or is it the sick man? Listen, it's the sick man that determines whether a prayer of faith was prayed or not. How does he determine it? By calling the things that be not as though they were. See, the moment he's anointed with oil and they pray for him, that's the moment he's to release his faith. That's the moment he's to start believing that he receives his healing. In Mark eleven twenty four, the Bible says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. See, that's that prayer of faith. So the anointing with oil is a point of contact. That's the moment that person releases his faith. That's the moment the person says with his mouth what he believes in his heart. That's the moment he begins to believe that he receives his healing. And what's going to happen? The prayer of faith shall save the sick. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. So it's another method whereby healing can be obtained. Anointing the sick with oil in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Now, sometimes some are healed by a mutual faith. The faith of the elders who are ministering to him and the faith of the sick man. But if the sick man will just be in faith, that's it. It's going to be done. I remember reading about one fellow who uh, sent for his pastor, reached out to the pastor. He was sick. Uh, and um, he was trying to act on this scripture. So he asked uh, the pastor to come and pray for him. Well, the pastor then asked him, he said, what are you going to be doing tomorrow? And he responded. He said, well, I'll be in bed sick. When he said that, the pastor said, then there's no use in me praying. You've already said it won't work. <laughs> then he saw it. Then he saw it. So before he asked the pastor to pray for him, he called his office and he told them that, yes, I haven't been feeling fine for a while, but I'm going to be in the office tomorrow. See, what was he doing? He was mixing faith with it. Many times we can just practice some of these things and they become mere rituals without any faith being mixed with it. And what will happen? They wouldn't get any results. For us to get results, we need to mix faith with the word of God. So anointing the sick with oil is another method whereby healing can be obtained. That's the fifth method. Well, the sixth method, which is the one that we're uh, going to look at now, is the laying on of hands. The laying on of hands. In Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18, Jesus was talking about the signs that will follow the believer. He said, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. 
They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So believers will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. This is another method of receiving healing. You need healing? Get a believer to lay hands on you. And what's going to happen? He lays hands on you in faith and you receive. And you will recover. You will recover. Jesus said they shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. So the laying on of hands is a scriptural method of ministering healing to the sick. Now, is it the only method that there is? It isn't. Now, is the laying on of hands only for ministering healing to the sick? It's not. The laying on of hands is used to minister the infilling with the Holy Ghost. Get people filled with the Holy Ghost through the laying on of hands. Acts 19.6. The laying on of hands is used to separate people to the ministry. Acts 13. From verse 1 through to 4. The laying on of hands was used to appoint deacons in the early church. Acts 6, 1 to 7. The laying on of hands was used uh, to impart spiritual endowments. 2 Timothy 1, 6. 1 Timothy 4, 14. You know, Paul told Timothy to stir up the gift of God that, that was in him through the laying on of hands of the, uh, of the elders, of the presbytery. So spiritual gifts can also be imparted through the laying on of hands as the Spirit of God wills. We see that in the Old Covenant, the, the patriarchs of old, they laid hands on their descendants to impart blessings. So blessings can be imparted through the laying on of hands as well. Then we notice that on the Day of Atonement, the high priest will lay hands on the scapegoat and that animal will be taken in the, in the hands of a fit man to a land not inhabited and left to wander and die off there. So the laying on of hands predates the New Covenant. We see it in the Old covenant as well. Now Hebrews chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 let us know that the laying on of hands is one of the fundamental principles of the doctrine of Christ. Now the laying on of hands can be practiced from two perspectives. First as a point of contact. What do we mean a point of contact? We mean the moment hands are laid on you. That's the moment you are to start believing that you receive your healing. That's the moment you are to release your faith. Mark eleven twenty four. therefore I say unto you what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. So the moment hands are laid on you, you release your faith. You start saying, I believe I receive my healing. Thank you, Father. Hands were laid on me. I'm recovering. Thank you because I'm recovering. You keep the switch of faith turned on. And Jesus said, you shall recover. You shall recover. So you'll begin to get well. You'll amend until you're made perfectly well. Now, could your healing also happen instantly? It could. Amen. Praise God. So, the laying on of hands can be done as a point of contact. Now, there's another perspective that the laying on of hands can be done by. And it's this. The laying on of hands can be practiced from the standpoint of the law of contact and transmission. The law of contact and transmission. You see, there is such a thing as the healing anointing the healing power of God. And that healing power can be transmitted through the laying on of hands. Through the laying on of hands. Acts 10, 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So, from the standpoint of a, a contact of the hands, transmitting God's healing power, into the body of the sick. Now, there's some people who are specially anointed with healing power. 
uh, and God's power will flow through their hands uh, into the bodies of the sick. But let me say this. It's faith that gives action to the power. It's like the woman with the issue of blood. We read the account of our story in Mark 5, 25 to 34. Now, a multitude was touching Jesus, but none of them got healed except that woman. Which tells us this is not a touch of coincidence that produces healing. It's not the touch of curiosity that produces healing. It's the touch of faith. It's the touch of faith. That's what gets the job done. The touch of faith. Praise God. Amen. So, receiving through the laying on of hands, receiving God's healing power into your body, release your faith. Amen. Just say, the moment hands are laid on me, the power of God will come on me and I'll be healed. And then the moment hands are laid on you, you release your faith. I believe that I receive my healing. And then from that moment, you start saying this, hands were laid on me, the power of God came on me. That power is working in my body. God's healing power is working in my body. It's affecting a healing and a cure in me. And what's going to happen? They shall recover. They shall recover. So that's the sixth method, the laying on of hands. Well, I'm going to talk about the seventh and final method through which healing can be obtained. And it's this, through manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Through manifestations of the Holy Ghost. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through to 11, the Bible says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another descending of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. The Bible says, But all this worketh, that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. You see, among those nine ways the Holy Ghost manifests himself, the gifts of healings is mentioned. What's the gifts of healings? It's a supernatural manifestation by the Holy Ghost, administering God's power to the sick man, destroying the sickness, the disease in the body of that one. You see, God reserves the right of divine sovereignty to do whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it, however he wants to do it, provided he does not violate his word. And one of the ways he does such works is through the gifts of the Spirit, through manifestations of the Spirit, which will include the gifts of healings. Now, this is not the, has nothing to do with the faith of the minister, has nothing to do with the faith of the sick man. It's just God initiating something on his own. And this will even work sometimes for skeptics, for unbelievers, for people who don't believe in divine healing. God just does some of these things to remind us that he's still God and he's alive and well. I've noticed that uh, this acts as a means of supernatural advertisement for the gospel. A means of supernatural advertisement for the gospel. And this method seems to work a whole lot more for people who are not yet saved and for baby Christians. But you see, once we've had time and exposure to the word of God, God expects us to be able to appropriate our healing by acting upon his word. But it's good to note that this is another method through which healing can be obtained, through manifestations of the Holy Ghost, which will include the gifts of healings. It could work together with the word of knowledge, or it could work through some of, in, in, um, uh, uh, with, in conjunction with one of the other manifestations of the Spirit, working on miracles, for instance, or special faith. You know, sometimes things are also created in the body of the person, a creative miracle. 
So that will be either the working of miracles or special faith in manifestation. But you see, gifts of the Spirit, this is another method whereby healing can be obtained. Well, with that, we've come to the end of methods whereby healing can be obtained. Don't forget, the best method is just by knowing and acting on the Word of God for yourself. Praise the Lord. Look forward to having you on our broadcast at the next time. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to Rema Faith Radio, brought to you by the partners and friends of Rema Nigeria. We offer training in God's Word and in the things of the Spirit for victorious Christian living and success in fulfilling ministry. Go to RemaNigeria.com to find out more on how to become a student or partner of Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria. Please call 081-01-166836. The number again, 081-01-166836. Kenneth Hagen's Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria is here just for you.